So, Merry Christmas, everyone. I thought that would be a great video to show the cheerleaders what they say. What they say, <laughs> you know, how they cheer on all these actors. I think it's a great cheerleader song. And we should play that every time we see one of them. Because, you know, the, the source of ignorance for anyone is not being informed. Because the one thing people don't talk about when they talk about lies is perception. In order for you to not see a lie, you have to have a certain perception, right? You must perceive things the way they want you to. Then they can lie and it looks like truth. Now, I'm really glad that um, McCarthy was selected. And this is really important. I have said this before. There are things going on in the background, <laughs> but this time, it's a little bit more different. See, many of these big political players have convinced many people, smart people too, with lies, but it's called perception, that there are certain deals that we must do, that there are certain things that we must comply with, you know, to make it easier because then this could happen or that can happen. That's not true. That is not true. It's called perception. There's a difference. See, I urge everyone to go find that interview that um, Ali Akbar did with some loser guy and uh, some bitch I know. I like her. Um, right after he gave his testimony. Because he even claims there, well, you know, it's not like I know these people like we talk, but I use their influence to make myself look relevant. He said it with his own mouth, and I'm paraphrasing because um, I can't find that interview so that I can play that clip. But I urge all of you to go to the January 6th committee and read uh, the depositions that were provided. Uh, they're quite telling. And one thing, if you remember from day one, well, it was January 7th that I was at the Willard and I noticed where the source of the problem came from. And that was Cindy Chafin, uh, where this mix-up happened. And, you know, I'm going to be very blunt. This, all of J6 was about perception, but cattiness and pettiness helped it amplify. When reading all the transcripts, they're extremely inconsistent, meaning everyone didn't know or, oh, yeah, well, maybe. They were throwing each other under the bus. And I wanted to show you guys something because, you know, there's a lot of people that say things, but they're the most fascinating part of this whole thing was uh, Carolyn Wren's rendition. And I say this because, and I'm going to read this. So you guys listen carefully to what I am going to say here. Give me a second. Give me a second. Let me, let me see if I can share this. If I can't, I'm going to have to put it in Adobe, but, um, okay. So in, I can't share it, but I'll read this to you. Well, let me see if I can. Let me just try this again. 
It won't let me share it like that. Damn it. And I don't want to have to download this whole thing. I'll just do that. Give me a second. Because um, I want to... I want you guys to see this because it's about perception. Nobody reads anymore. And it's not like you're going to sit down and read 275 pages per person. Some of them are longer. Um, of depositions. No one does that. And, and that's, and that's what kind of sucks because it would have been great if people did, because then we wouldn't have the issues we have today. If people read a little bit more and just focused on things like, I don't know, truth and facts and shit that's written down that makes sense, you know, stuff like that. Things that will help us rather than annihilate us. And uh, it, it, uh, it makes me very sad um, that there's so much information and, you know, people don't read. And, uh, you know, it does, it does really, really, you know, hurt my feelings in the sense of, damn, I have so much faith in the world. And it doesn't mean I'm speaking to you directly unless it applies to you. But I have all faith that every single person here listening to me right now and those that don't listen to me at all have the ability to, to read. And it seems that people just choose not to, right? So before we get into that portion and go through it. I'm going to give you some background and we're going to stop and watch my video, but I'm going to be pausing it so we can have discussions on what I was showing you because I think it's imperative that truth is there. So here we go. Where are we? So question. And similarly, I believe your text with Tim Enlaw is, I believe Mr. Jones is security. I don't want to say security guard, like head of security or like his guy. Can I just say his guy? I said chief of staff, even though I don't. Yeah, chief of staff. Okay. But he's the guy associated with Alex Jones. Yes. And he says, I think if you go all the way to the bottom of whatever page 484, he said, this Tuesday, January 5th, 807, are there going to be any other speakers other than POTUS? What time do you recommend we get there? Meaning VIPs. So he doesn't seem to know either if Alex Jones is speaking. No, I had told him that as of like at this time, the only speaker was going to be the president. But, you know, if that changed, I'd let him know. That's what he's saying. And there are any last minute updates. Are there going to be any other speakers other than POTUS? So he's saying that from the assumption of the president was the only speaker because I communicated that to him. And the question is, okay. And did you have any conversations with anyone about their security teams like Mr. Stone or Mr. Jones in terms of, I think you said that you had an, an F pin uh, that you were allowed to allow people into the VIP area did you have a, did you have conversations with them about getting them and their security into the VIP area? She says, yes, but just to fix it. So the VIP, like I, they sent me their VIP list and they included their security as names of people who the VIP badge, there was like a thousand. So like here I see speaker badge for Alex Jones. He sent me this 
and his security would have been included probably in the names in these names or something with Roger with security. I think Kristen, Kristen Davis, you know, the, the madam that does talent management for Roger Stone and lives with him. I don't know, whatever. But again, um, they just went on the master VIP list, but there's a thousand names. Like you just get the same credential. Do you remember allowing anyone into security who may have been dressed? How would I describe it? In military gear, M military gear. What? Mr. Cantor says tactical uh, question, tactical gear or military. Gear? I don't remember that. That's a lie, Carolyn. Cause I saw you having them breach and they were wearing freaking armored vests and shit. See, she lied. So let's go further down. Question. Do you remember meeting either? Well, I don't believe Mr. Stone, either Mr. Stone or Mr. Jones or Mr. Alexander's security details that they had with them on January 6th wearing tactical military gear. And then her side people are like, can you define what you mean by tactical military? Like she's fucking stupid. But this is how it goes. It, it's so frustrating to see all these lies. And I'm actually going to go through another video and we're going to break down the lies there too. Um, because uh, Roger Stone and Ali Akbar yesterday had a video go out on Frank's speech and they lied through their teeth and I'm going to break it down. I mean, it's a hard thing. It's like an art form. Uh, you know, I mean, they look like they're military or doing something tactical, which I hate to use that, but I don't know what else to use. Tactical, yeah, I know. It looks like and means if they were just wearing like camo, that wouldn't be a problem. But typically, he's like, I'm not talking about camo. No, this was for the, and there, and that's where if you, if, if they're wearing, you know, it's like a vest and there's things bolting out of stuff, a bit of red flag, but also if they were in the VIP area, anyway, would you have to go through magnetometers and secret service to enter the area? So like you could enter with a weapon. I mean, they would have made it past secret service into like a separate, more secure area, uh, to it in there uh, to make it into the VIP sector attire. Yeah. In terms of, yeah, right. And not like, right. You know, hunters wear camo pants or camo. Yeah, right. I'm talking about military tactical clothing. Right. Would make someone look like, and then Ms. Mr. Pear said, Caroline, don't keep interrupting her with, yeah, right. Because the poor court reporter is taking it down. So she lied, right, on this. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll show you this. She talks about the VIP master list. I'm going to show you VIP. Give me a second. Let me, where is it? And here we go. Let's go. Yeah, so that's VIP, right? When your name was on the list, and it was cleared through Secret Service. That's VIP. I was there. I observed it all. I observed from November up until post January 6th, the actions that were being done, the people that were a part of it, and how they did it. What sucks, what sucks is that they lie because of perceptions. You perceive things in a certain way so they can get away with saying whatever they want. And that is what's terrible. So let's get into the lying part because, you know, we need to break this down. Okay. We really need to break this down. So let's do that. Here's the lies. What do you make of the fact uh, that the January 6th committee clearly did uh, interrogate Ray Epps 
but his name appears nowhere in their final report, nor did we see him on TV during these uh, high wattage hearings. What do you make of that? Uh, so first of all, let's talk about Ray Epps. Footage. There's a ton of footage on Ray Epps. A ton of footage. I want you to listen to what they're going to say about Ray Epps, right? I want you to pay attention. Uh, I, you know, you know, the public hearings were a disinformation show, obviously. But in his transcript, he uh, allegedly texts his nephew with evidence that he gave the committee saying, I orchestrated all of this. Now, do I believe that Ray Epps orchestrated all of what happened? No. But do I do? Did I have I watched a video in where I believe that he uh, uh, orchestrated a breach of the barriers? Absolutely. On January 5th, in a premeditated fashion, he is saying we're not only going to go to the Capitol, we're going to go inside the Capitol and we're going to stop these people. That is not something I was on board with. That's not something I've ever been on board with. I decried the people weeks. That's so weird because that's exactly what Ali Akbar said. He said that we're going to burn that shit down. Uh, his dry run was in Georgia, so I should say it. But yeah, we got Epps leading everyone up and keeping everyone calm and then advancing. But then he's nowhere to be found. It's almost like he disappears in thin air. Almost like he was the shepherd, right? But these people are really, really bad liars. Listen. Prior who ran into, and this wasn't a election integrity related protest, but there were some people, I don't know if they were left wing, right wing, whatever they were in Portland, Oregon, that stormed the Capitol. I was very publicly opposed to that. At the Georgia State Capitol, when we were invited in for a photo op, um, uh, you know, some people said, let's do a sit in, Ollie. I was even opposed to a peaceful, sit-in after we were invited by a Democrat state legislator to take a photo op inside of there. So what I would say is that um, Ray Epps, by his own admission, um, broke the law, but the law don't care. And I've known why the law didn't care. His lawyer is uh, a former FBI attorney out of the Phoenix office uh, for many, many, many years. Clue number one, lies and perception, Phoenix office. The majority of the J6 orchestration happened where? Out of Arizona. Arizona is one of the biggest issues, right? Biggest issues that I have. Everything is coming from Arizona. 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 See, there's more. Let's just continue. He said his lawyers from Arizona, right? And what and I will I tell you, and I'll break, you know, I love to break news on the stone zone, is that months ago, my counsel contacted his counsel, and we made an offer to not sue him if he gave us answers. That offer is expired. I will be making that. He's not going to be doing anything. This is just a scam to take money, right? Um, he can't sue him, right? Because he has no injury. Um. He can't sue him and demand things because he wants to shift the blame from them to him. Again, perception, perception. This was aired yesterday. You should, you should listen to this carefully and let's break it down. Letter public 
when I'm back on Twitter, and maybe I'll do it on the Stone Zone or Twitter space, but I will make that letter public because this means that Rayet was aware of my event at Area 8 or Lot 8, whatever you want to call it, a permanent event. And he steered a crowd away from there. In okay, lie number one. He didn't steer any crowd. We have him on camera. We have all the footage. Yeah. Epps was leading people, whispering in ears, but he was keeping everyone calm. Oh, let's not forget, he was with Elijah Schaefer, who knew everything. And we have Elijah Schaefer in proximity. And Savannah says, and all the InfoWars tools, they all knew Epps was there. We have him on camera with, um, you know, Jaden X, you know, the Sullivan, the brother that's just Antifa, but the other guy's the opposite is a pro. Stop such a bad liar steered a crowd away from there that's a lie so here's super lie number one like he's been lying ever since his mouth was moving which you know i really hope he does a twitter space i really hope that uh you know um elon musk and this is something that maybe we should be tweeting the shit out of or maybe i should host a twitter space how people that have engaged in child predation through twitter should be lifetime banned and I will advocate for that. And that'll be the time. Actually, I'm going to do a Twitter space on that. Fuck that. Yes, we need that. We need a good Twitter space because he shouldn't be on there because he uses Twitter to predate on children. So he's saying that he's going to sit there and say things. That's a lie and I can prove it because Ray Epps was nowhere near his alleged lot eight crowd. Okay, that's such a liar. And then the question is, how did Ali Akbar know that all the people came from, you know, Area 8? Hmm? How did he know? Did he not see the police officer riding along, right? He didn't see that, Mr. Stop the Steal? Wait, he's going to make an admission during this. Let's continue. In order to violate my civil rights and the civil rights of other people, he didn't want people to peacefully organize. He sought to disrupt my rights, disrupt my event, and I want to sue the hell out of Ray Epps. Okay. He didn't have an event, right? He was blacklisted. And I'm going to tell you what I, reading the transcripts, figured out. You know, Dan Scavino was like, yeah, just give him a position because we don't want him talking. But he's not going to speak with POTUS. He was under the impression he was going to speak with POTUS because he was stealing everybody's data and selling it. And Caroline Wren pretty much tells you that, that he had collected this website. Listen carefully to what I'm telling you. And he had directed almost everyone to go to his website while there were other events being done. He literally hijacked events. Cindy Schaefen did. And what they did was in 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 the in the deposition of Carolyn Wren, which you should read, she clearly says that she spoke with Cindy Chafin and Caroline and and um and Kylie Kremer, right? That was when Cindy Chafin hijacked. See, the reason is is because the Miss um, Fancelli, the public's owner, you know, that donated so much money, she was a huge fan of Alex Jones, and I am actually going to mail her a copy of the footage I have of Alex Jones that I may or may not air, right, ever, just to destroy that for her. But my documentary will destroy it for her too. So she was a really big Alex Jones fan and she wanted Alex Jones to speak. And so this is why um, 
all of this was, you know, orchestrated. Ali Akbar took point because he stands in for Roger Stone. And I'll elaborate on that. Now, this is a very, very key point. I'm going to ask you to go back over it. Many people don't realize that you had a perfectly valid permit to have an event uh, uh, near the Capitol. Uh, so the whole idea of people leaving the eclipse to march to the Capitol was for the purposes of attending a legally permitted event. So here's where we change the story. If we remember on video, he was being told, hey, you're not going to speak, but POTUS is going to march and you guys get to lead it because, you know, last minute we're telling you that you can't speak and you were really pissed. Remember, I was a VIP. I was cleared by the White House. I was in that area. He was not. He was not even allowed in the VIP zone. And then there's places where he texts and you could see it on the deposition. Oh, look, Ali Akbar got front row seats. No, he didn't. He bullied himself in there. I was there at the ellipse. I was in there, right? And you saw on the video, let me play it again, uh, just in case you guys, um, you know, well, let's do that after, where it has my name clearly on it. And so I was there. I saw everything happen. I saw everything happen. This is all a lie. I saw where every one of the VIPs were assigned to sit and then how Ali Akbar came and changed it. And then he left because he wasn't going to speak and he was pissed. So they lied to him. This is what happened. Ren lied to him so he doesn't kick up a shit fit in front of everyone because he's a prima donna bitch, right? She li literally lied to him. Yeah, you go there. And this is why they were on the phone and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to come. He felt really bad. But here's the thing. None of the information about Ali Akbar being a gay child predator had ever reached the White House. In fact, as you heard from Millie and I yesterday, it was Mike Cernovich that went down to people in D.C. and said, don't listen to what Millie and Tori have to bring to you. Why? You see, why would Mike do that? And like Millie said, Mike was like promoting Ali Akbar. Yeah, but he also DM me and said, I'm sorry this is happening to you. And I know the reason why. It's because, you know, Roger Stone had deployed an operation. He was so pissed after Shadowgate, but he didn't mention me, right? He didn't mention me. He was like, I don't know anything about, you know, the documentary of that Bergie character and Millie Weaver, but he didn't mention me. It wasn't only until after that on right after Millie's damn documentary, right? That Roger Stone pulled his appeal pulled his appeal, right? Why did he pull his appeal? Because the question that I posed, Manafort and Rick Gates were being prosecuted for, for shit they did over decades ago, right? In foreign nations. Roger Stone was part of that, but he was never done in for it. Pay attention to what I'm telling you. Pay attention to what I'm telling you. This is how you can see the truth. By not looking at perceptions, but the actual facts. So now he lies and says, you had a legit event. Let's not forget, I have video transcribed with Ali Akbar and them saying, oh yeah, president's coming. No, you were a throwaway bitch. We finally got the information to where it needed to go, right? And they knew I was right. And on top of that, Roger Stone, who, you know, no one has any idea who I know and who I don't know, but Roger Stone was actually going to be throwing a party.
I kid you not. He was going to be throwing a party on January 6th. And he was going to be doing it at my friend's house, an ambassador. I know this for a fact. Now, on January 5th in the evening, oh, no, it was January 5th he was going to do the party. Sorry. On In the evening of January 5th, my ambassador friend calls and says, uh, you know, my God, he just reneged on having the party. And I was like, well, I would assume so because they're pre pre prepping for an operation tomorrow and they're a little bit butthurt because I think Ali Akbar thought that he was going to be talking at the White House stage. This is a conversation I had on January 5th. And I was like, they just hijacked the Kylie Kremer event uh, at the Freedom Plaza. And uh, I just figured out who it is. And these are the conversations I was having with people that are very, very up there. And I was like, this is very concerning because I'm looking at the tactical, you know, issues here and they're organizing something. And this is terrifying. So here is him telling you he had a legit event that Ali Akbar had. a Yeah, he did have a permit at lot eight. And how did he know that all the people that were at lot eight followed Epps? That's a key question. Perception, deception. Is that, is that correct? correct? That's absolutely correct. We were one of over nine events that had permits uh, on the Capitol lawn. There are four permits. And then around, there was a health freedom rally that I know that you were going to go to and, and all kinds of other things. And what we told the U.S. Capitol Police and then the National Park Service, all of the organizers said, look, there's going to be so many people here, we can't control them. But you are the police. You control them. If you tell us only 50 people in our area, then we will expel the excess off of our area. If you let us, you know, kind of fudge the rules like you have traditionally done, equal protection, equal protection, then allow us to fudge. But we want to cooperate with you. So I hired someone. I paid someone thousands of dollars out of Stop the Steal funds to set up our stage. We had a... The Stop the Steal funds that he claimed to the committee he had no access to because he didn't have access to the SunTrust Bank account for Stop the Steal, by the way, which Daniel Bostic, his boyfriend, whose dad is the lawyer that has, you know, a modeling agency, just like the modeling agencies of Epstein, right? Um, the, or was he the lawyer for the modeling agency? I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. I mean, you can't quote me. I really don't give a shit. I'm just putting out the information that's publicly available and it's very contradicting. So I will speak to both, right? So Daniel Bostic was the one that opened up the bank account. Daniel Bostic was also the one that was helping on the funding of the plot against the president um, documentary movie, right? Which is really weird. And then you have to think, wait, they're saying that the agency that Candace Owens came from was Israeli owned. And then you have the Mossad agent that flanked himself to, you know, Amanda Millis because he is really gorgeous, I have to say, right? And then you're kind of just taking a step back and you're looking and he's talking about 50 people. And you know, in the deposition, they're talking about these 50 people, but we have video and it's not 50 people. So let's continue. Stage to get the permit. We had a permit. I'm totally unaware of the permitting process. So I hire professionals to take care of this. The Oath Keepers wanted to act as ushers and call themselves security. I said, they wanted to. Now here's where he's lying. Read his deposition. He said something completely different. The one thing about Ali Alexander is that he can say things like, uh, you know, um, 
call people whores and, you know, make fun of children, right? And then predate on children. But when he wants some fr something from you, he's going to be so official. Yes, sir. I think you should do this. Yes, I believe this. He's always courteous when he wants something. But perception again, right? He's giving you the perception, right? He's giving you the perception. Listen, oh, like I didn't, I was just being like, just like he said, well, you know, it's okay. If you want us to just have 50, we'll just have 50. But then he also just claimed that Ray Epps came and took all his people from lot eight and ushered them into the Capitol. And it's like, that's bullshit because in your damn transcript, you and Roger Stone were getting text messages and Alex Jones, you were getting text messages from the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys telling you we're going in. You know, why were you getting a play-by-play -play if you weren't orchestrating this? Okay, okay, whatever. I contracted bonded security myself. And I told every speaker, I said, look, we're probably gonna have a small crowd on our lot size, but there will be thousands around. What I'm going to do for all of you speakers is I'm going to have someone do a tight shot film and I'm going to give you that film so that you can share that with your audience. You mean a documentary? It's no shit. It's all about capitalizing, of course, right? But let me just again reiterate before we get back to that uh, lie of an interview. Let me reiterate. Let me get this. Let's talk about the science of uh, lying for a second because then the rest of it will make a little bit more sense. See, there's perception and deception, but there's, you know, there's, there's the science of lying, you know, of why do they lie and how do they lie, 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 lie. Here we go. Time for two truths and a lie. I'm gonna tell you three things about myself uh, and you're gonna have to pick out the one that is not true. Ready? Okay. Number one, I have a machine at home that transforms plain water into carbonated water. Two, I'm really bad at the card game set. Or three, Michael Jackson is my aunt. Wasn't that obvious? Yeah. God, I'm so bad at game. Lying. We do it a lot. And we're a lot better at it than you'd like to think. Like, I'm not stupid. I could totally have made up a better lie than Michael Jackson is my aunt. But check it out. The fact that I appeared to be terrible at lying was, in fact, a lie. In a 10-minute conversation with a stranger, we humans will tell an average of three lies. Researchers who study lying say that the subjects of these lying studies rarely even realize that they're doing it. But why? What purpose does lying actually serve? Well, to put human deception into perspective, it's worth pointing out that humans aren't the only fibbers in nature. My favorite anecdotal example of non-human lying, Coco the gorilla, who was taught sign language back in the 1970s, once actually blamed her pet kitten for ripping a sink out of the wall in her room. Bad, bad all ball. So yeah, lying is nothing new in nature, but why do humans specifically do so much of it? Well, as I've mentioned here before on SciShow, humans are first and foremost social animals. We've got really super huge brains, and that's mainly because we need them for all the interacting we're always doing. For humans, successful social interaction is key to success in much of our lives. So it's clear that lying is a great way of keeping elaborate social structures running smoothly while looking out for number one. For instance, if you can keep your social group happy, you're going to reap all kinds of benefits like food, higher social standing, 
more and better sexual partners. And you know, you don't make friends and influence people going around saying things like, actually, that loincloth does make your butt look big. Or, hey, uh, I have been having sex with your brother while you're out hunting Mastodon, so little Glurg over there is probably your cave nephew. So the ability to lie and to detect a lie became pretty important to early humans because lying is actually not very easy for a brain to do. And it actually caused a bit of an evolutionary arms race. So people started to get better and better at lying and better liars got better stuff while hopefully remaining in good standing with their communities. By the same token, those who were better at detecting lies were cheated on by their mates and screwed over in camel trades a lot less often. So yes, now we've evolved to be good liars and also good at spotting bad liars. But as societies became more sophisticated, folks were like, okay, okay, enough with the lying! Because there are lots of advantages to living in tight-knit communities and structured societies, but you can't really have them when you don't know for sure if the kids you're raising are yours and if the camel you just bought has ever been in an accident or whatever. So a society in which bold-faced lying was completely unchecked leads to total anarchy. So organized societies started putting the hammer down. Religious systems began to drive home the point that God rewards and cares for the truthful and punishes liars. So if you could survive being thrown into the pod and tied up with a sack of hammers, God was on your side and you were telling the truth. If not, you were obviously lying. Oh, medieval European judicial system, how I love you. Even now in modern times, there are laws that prohibit lying and override even our rights to free speech. For instance, you go to jail for lying in a court of law. Or for lying about having received a Medal of Honor for service in the armed forces. Don't do that. Also, because you're not a evil. Why would someone do that? So lying, it's not okay. But we're also good at it, and our brains want to do it. And we start lying really early. Some researchers say as early as six months old. I mean, you've seen a baby fake cry, right? It's very obvious. Like, they're crying, and then they like check to see if anybody's coming over to sympathize, and then they're like, oh, I'm gonna keep crying then! Scientists think that this is the time when babies are actually learning how to be better liars. By the time a kid's in college, they're lying to their mom about once in every five interactions. And actually, that seems... That seems low to me. I, I would say five out of five for my college experience. Kids these days. Actually, kids every day. By the time we're adults, we've gotten so very good at lying that we're actually able to do it to ourselves very effectively. The trick to lying to yourself is in the holding of two pieces of conflicting information in your head at the same time and paying attention to one while ignoring the other. People who are good liars can hold a bunch of conflicting information in their heads all at once and keep track of it all. Take pathological liars. People who habitually and compulsively lie, cheat, and manipulate other people. The thing about pathological liars is that they're super good at self-deception. At the moment they're telling it, they wholeheartedly believe their own lie. Interestingly enough, there's an actual difference between the brains of a normal person and the brain of a pathological lie. That difference is in the very front of the brain in a place called the prefrontal cortex. Most neuroscience studies focus on the gray matter of the brain. That's the material that actually processes information. However, nearly half of our brains is made up of what's called white matter, which is composed of connective tissues that carry electrical signals from one group of neurons to another. So gray matter is where all the processing happens, and white matter connects the different parts of the brain. In a study at the University of Southern California, researchers found that pathological liars 
have about 25% more white matter in their prefrontal cortex than the rest of us, suggesting that pathological liars can make a bunch of connections in their brain really fast. And that lets them keep all the information in order that they need to sustain the lie, also to read the person that they're lying to, suppress their emotions, and probably believe what they're saying on top of it all. So, why haven't pathological liars taken over the world? I mean, they seem to be the next step in human evolution. While pathological liars have a surplus of white matter, they also have around 14% less gray matter than other people. And gray matter is where all the critical thinking happens. So the white matter is all like, I'm gonna tell Jim I used to be a fighter pilot. And the gray matter is all, I could tell Jim I used to be a fighter pilot, but I probably shouldn't because that would jeopardize my relationship with Tammy. So extreme liars have a really hard time maintaining relationships and holding down jobs because after a while everybody realizes that they're full of crap and they get dumped or fired which is not ideal for the person. It's great for everyone else. But if there are these super liars out there, how do we know if we're being lied to? And I mean, lie detectors might be able to pick up signals like changing the liar's voice or increased heart rate or sweating, all stuff that we do when we're fibbing outright. But a really good liar might not display any of those symptoms. Well, no matter how good of a liar you are, the fact that you are lying will often leak out both through your body language and through your word choices. Let's look at a sample sentence. Believe me, I was not the one who farted and evacuated that movie theater. So do you believe me? Probably not, because I did three things in that sentence that made you totally certain that I was in fact the person who made them evacuate the movie theater. To wit, one, I said believe me, liars will always say that, or to be totally honest, or Richard Nixon's favorite, in all candor. Two, I all of a sudden stopped using contractions. Liars often use more formal language to deny something that they've actually done. And three, I said that movie theater instead of the movie theater. I was trying to distance myself from the whole situation. We think of liars as being fidgety, but we actually tend to freeze our upper bodies when we lie. We make more, not less eye contact, maybe a little too much to overcompensate for telling a fib. Liars will also do things like shake their heads while saying yes and smile when they're done telling a story, even if it's a terrible one. All of this stuff, the reading of what we leak through our words and bodies is actually the future of lie detection. Training law enforcement officers to read potential criminals to catch them in the act of lying. Of course, they're always coming up with new kinds of gadgets all the time, too. Eye trackers, MRI brain scanners that are going to replace the old lie detector tests. Maybe I'll tell my two truths in a lie and a brain scanner, see how it does. I'm pretty sure we all know how that's gonna turn out. Yeah, you're right. I'm a terrible liar. What am I? <laughs> Thank you for watching this infusion. All of the facts contained within are not lies. We promise, but if you want to check, there are citations in the description, of course, because we're scientists here. If you have ideas for future episodes of infusions, you can comments or connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. Also, questions. So, the science of lying. Well, like they said, They'll use keywords, but sometimes someone that wants to deceive you will pretend they're deceiving you so that you tune out. That's another thing. It's almost like uh, when, when I was under the influence and interrogated, I remember I didn't even move. I was stiff because I was dizzy. I felt drugged, right? I knew something was wrong. And the only thing that I remembered was the training that I did, the training with your tax dollars to learn how to avoid answering questions when caught. And I didn't feel like they were not friendly, but I didn't know if they were friendly. And I remember sitting there and I was like, all right, now I'm going to throw in a smile after I say something. So they believe that 
I'm deceiving them and that way they can discount what I just said because I had slipped and said something real and something that was, um, so I slipped and made mention of something that I shouldn't have. And I was like, holy crap, I just said that. And if these are feds, they're going to lock me up for talking to someone and, and saying this. And I'm in a lot of trouble because I just revealed some information I shouldn't have revealed. So then I would just throw the sly smile on the side and, you know, just make them think that I was deceiving them rather than it be factual because I realized that I said something. So this goes both ways. In um, When you work as a private contractor or anywhere in the IC where you're taught to lie, uh, obviously you're not a pathological liar that has white matter, but here's where the discrepancy is. While they claim that white matter um, overcompensates uh, in the prefrontal cortex and that they make connections faster, the one thing that they omit is the lack of gray matter doesn't dismiss the ability for critical thinking. In fact, it's not white or gray matter. It's almost overlapping. And that is what the training at the farm does. So when you know, when you're taught how to lie, you also know what people are looking for. So you make sure that you can cover that. But here's the problem. When you're covering yourself up for saying something truthful and you want to change the perception of someone else, you'll use those key triggers. It's about consistency in what you say, not the one interview. See, when you're interviewed for something like Ali Akbar, if you put all his interviews and you watch him, you can tell when he's lying because he may be uh, able to portray, I'm not lying, but then he makes you think he's lying. And then there's the, he's totally lying and he's trying to deceive you that he's not lying, right? So these are really, really important factors to consider. You see it by its fruits, right? And consistency is key. A liar cannot be consistent. A liar cannot be consistent. I don't care how many connections in their brain they make. Everything manifests. Every single thing manifests. Well, here's the super manifest. And every speaker thanked me. Thanked me, said, thanks for looking out for us, Ollie. Thanks for championing the people. Thanks for doing everything you can. Um, obviously. But in his transcript, thousands of dollars have stopped seal funds to set up our stage. We have All right. Let me just stop right let me stop right there. I rewinded it because um, I wanted to point something out. He said that all these people thanked him for keeping him safe and stuff. That's not true either. If you read his transcript, right, none of that is true. If you listen to his interview the day after he was questioned by the committee, he clearly said he may have overinflated his connection to the speakers, um, to, the, to, to, to the Congress people, to the senators. He said it himself. Well, let's continue. Had a stage to get the permit. We had a permit. I'm totally unaware of the permitting process. So I hire professionals to take care of this. The Oath Keepers wanted to act as ushers and call themselves security. I said, okay, whatever. I contracted bonded security myself. And I told every speaker, I said, look, we're probably gonna have a small crowd on our lot size, but there'll be thousands around. What I'm gonna do for all of you speakers is I'm gonna have someone do a tight shot film, and I'm going to give you that film so that you can share that with your audience. And every speaker thanked me, thanked me, said, 
thanks for looking out for us, Holly. Thanks for championing the people. Thanks for doing everything you can, um, you know, for, for the movement that, frankly, I created. He didn't create shit. I can't wait for the J6 documentary to come out. But, you know, with all these transcripts they just dumped, I mean, we've got to put this in. I mean, now we get their video, their tweets, their statements, and then put it together with what they legally provided and did. And then we have the HBO footage, right? And let's not forget Elijah Schaefer, that great guy, right? And when we go through my video uh, for the preview of J6, which was giving you background, key players, and we were just pointing people out, right? You must understand this was very well orchestrated and it wasn't one op. It was an op within an op within an op, like, a, like Inception. And the thing is, all of these people, Ren, Jones, well, not Jones. He was definitely part of this shit. Um, so I would say Caroline Wren should have just shut up, right? Christina Pearson, you know, she has a good compass. You know, they hoodwinked everyone with what? Influence. Influence. And how do they gain influence? With blackmail, of course. Um, you know, borrowing a name from you, but, you know, that I created. And so, um, we. long story short, remember, Roger, January 7th, borrowing the name from you that's also a lie because we have his tweets and periscopes that we've archived where he said that roger stone and him were doing it the only reason that ollie was in the front was because stone was under litigation see they lie upon lie upon lie upon lie you know because it was roger stone's pack that funded most of this shit and pay attention president trump he denounced the pact that Roger Stone made saying it has nothing to do with me. I have nothing to do with that because the last time Stone pulled the stop the steal, there's a lawsuit in Ohio about that where he was like, yeah, we should go to their hotel rooms and harass them. And, you know, a lot of people will be like, well, that's what they needed because da, 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 no, 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 that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. But this is how he wanted to do it to instill fear and get blackmail on people so they can shut them up. And you know what's funny? Do you know who introduced Ali Akbar to Caroline Wren? Take a wild guess. I think it's a Polish language expert. Everyone said I didn't have a permit. For four months, there was a Blue Anon Twitter conspiracy that I didn't have a permit. I had a permit. And now it's just, you know, memory hold as if that wasn't the. He had a permit on lot eight in the other side of where everyone is, where they first gathered to breach the Capitol. Prevailing rumor. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it really, really is crazy. Um, have you but heard? Hey, but Roger, you're actually the most lied about person. I'll read these headlines about you that allege we coordinated or we did this or you instructed me to do this or you called me before the election. He did with their burner phones. He did. See, this is how he's lying. He did. And they know they're in trouble. Because when this J6 documentary comes out, there's a lot of people in trouble. They hoodwink people. They orchestrated this. I'm so sick to my stomach thinking about it.
you, you and I didn't talk for somewhere between four and eight days after the election. And we hadn't talked maybe months prior. So there's no point in which the election. The only reason they didn't talk, right, is because Ali Akbar was shunned by the White House. And the only reason they didn't talk, right? Well, I'll tell you what. Do you know on January 5th, when we were at the tent and we were standing there and that's where I realized Cindy Chafin was the one that stole the permits, right? So I played super dumb. I was like, hey, Cindy, like what's the lineup for the speakers when I could see Matt Couch? Suddenly I saw General Flynn and Patrick Byrne coming. I'm like, what the hell? Patrick said he wasn't coming, right? So I'm like looking and as I'm watching all of this, you know, Kristen Davis comes in, I, I see um, the Papadopoulos's and, you know, we exchange conversation. I see other people that I have a conversation and then I see Roger Stone. I'm like, hi, Roger. He's like, I don't want any trouble from you, Tori. No, no, no. I was like, why would I give you trouble? Why would I give you trouble? Is that what you say to someone? Millie was like, why does he seem scared of you? Probably because he knows that I know Chiliad systems. Probably because he found out and that's why he threw Akbar at me. They flipped the script when they realized that Millie was arrested and the whole justice system went down. See, at first they were targeting Millie and Bergie, but they recouped after Roger Stone pulled his, you know, on the 18th of August, remember, Millie was arrested on the 14th on a Friday. That following Monday, right? That following Monday, they were talking about Millie and Bergie. And then suddenly on Tuesday, he pulls it because they realized what had happened. They had taken all my emails. They stole my emails, which is fine. I really just wanted the stuff about Enron, damn it. But, you know, they had tapped the other felon, Haley Kennington right? And for a violent one. And uh, they had taken all my communications. And I think it was at that point on the 17th when they stole my server and deleted it apparently. And Scott Adams of Red State Talk Radio, you know, the one where Paul Preston is on that one. Well, they literally gave it to them because it was on Scott Adams server. So how would he get someone to delete it off of his CompuServe server, right? How would he know? So it was at that point that on the 18th in the morning, well, in the evening, they, they wrote it up on Monday when they got all that information. They saw the exchanges of emails that I had. And I, was, and, and, and I at that point, was like waiting to see how this is. I wasn't going to expect them to be allowed to steal that without the FBI doing something. But then I'm thinking, wait a minute, we had the most corrupt FBI. And if the FBI let them steal it and... Roger Stone and all of these people had those emails, right? Then that means they were working with the FBI that's corrupt. So thank you, Christopher Ray. Again, again, they took my emails. These two people went through my emails on Monday. And on Tuesday morning, Roger Stone withdrew his appeal about his sentence so he doesn't have to appeal it anymore because Shadowgate, even though Bergie said, oh, he knew, he knew, Bergie was just giving as much information to bait us. Remember, assets, 
right, will come to you when you're the target and they will give you very good information until they can trap you. That's called trust. They gain your trust and then they screw you over. That's what they do. They give you all this stuff. It's verifiable. It's amazing. And then they screw you, right? Well, the one thing is there's another uh, graphic that was going to be in Shadowgate that never went in. And that'll be in my documentary because it's very pertinent to J6. So again, you know, a lot of people don't attack Roger Stone because then he'll say bad things about them. And then people are going to be whispering behind their back. What are you going to whisper about? The fact that I had two federal investigations, they even contacted Interpol on me, which disallows me the right to go see my mother when she passes away. Keep in mind, right? And so they went through my life with a fine tooth comb and you're going to come out and tell people about me. And all they came up with was a bullshit civil suit over $300 that was mine in the first place. Get out of here. Get out of here. But putting in retrospect, you know, all these pieces together, when they, when Millie was released from prison, which they did not expect, they did not expect her to be released because it was already organized. They're going to take her kids and then they're going to try her. It was me that was there screaming at them and documenting. You're having a trial about custody of her kids to be taken away from them without them being arraigned. This is illegal that it's set up and that helped get Millie done. Right. And if you notice, all of these clowns were the ones saying that Millie was never arrested. They were the ones advocating for people to get a refund. Haley Kennington, who allowed them to steal my server, right, was telling people that Millie, you know, didn't need the money. She wasn't really arrested. There's a lot where, you know, all that money went to lawyers. And so this was a big deal, right? It was a very big deal. And all of that stems to J6 because before that, if you remember, while Millie was reporting on Momentum and Sunrise, they were already planning a federal coup. Let's slow down the federal government so we can't do shit. We had the AFL-CIO already tapped, the U.S. Postal Service. There was a big organized movement. And the people closest to Trump that we debriefed knew that. But unfortunately, it's all about perception. See, Roger Stone is a legend because he's in everything. Ask him about the shit he did in Ukraine, right? Who's he covering for? Because as we realized in Ukraine, there were a lot of big people that were rolled up for that shit. It was never Russiagate. Oh, they got General Flynn for talking about the ambassador. No, it was always Ukraine gate. Always Ukraine gate. Always Ukraine gate. Always Ukraine gate. Every single one of these fuckers made a shit ton of money in Ukraine. Again, remember, the NS, the IG of the NSA created the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine. Remember that. His wife leads it. This is all a show. They're all covering for each other. It's a huge cover-up because it's about them getting a title in Tiara. They are clearly lying and they're really bad at lying. And this is why we're delaying the J6 documentary. Whatever you see is a lie. No one will ever admit that these people that pander to you, that they love the country, is true. It's not. These people did it for themselves. These people did it for themselves. Let's continue with the lies. I actually decided 
or the elections being not decided in which you're giving me talking points, I'm giving you talking points or anything like that. You're just like, hey, what's going on? Uh, this is, th your thing is gaining steam, you know? And, and, you know, I was like, yes, it is. And I'm sorry I didn't call you ahead of time. You're like, no, no problem, run with it. You know, just make it peaceful and whatever. And you said, hey, I can't participate in all of this for a couple of months, but you know, if you can make room for me eventually, I was like, you're the guy who came up with the name. Of course, I'm gonna make room for you. So there's a breaking exclusive. Roger and I had no contact on November 3, 4, 5, and I think maybe, uh, you know, know there was a film, and I'm, I'm going to give you that, that film. So that they had no contact. <laughs> you can share that with your audience. And every speaker thanked me, thanked me, said, thanks for looking out for us, Ollie. Thanks for championing the people. Thanks for doing everything you can, um, you know, for, for the movement that, frankly, I created. Um, you know, borrowing a name from you, but you know, that I created. And so um, we, long story short, remember Roger, January 7th, everyone said I didn't have a permit. For four months, there was a blue anon Twitter conspiracy that I didn't have a permit. I had a permit. And now it's just, you know, memory hold as if that wasn't the prevailing rumor. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, it really, really is crazy. Um, have you but heard? Hey, but Roger, you're actually the most lied about person. I'll read these headlines about you that allege we coordinated or we did this or you instructed me to do this or you called me before the election. You and I. He didn't call him before the election because he didn't want to get wrapped up in what he did in Georgia. That's to come. Didn't talk for somewhere between four and eight days after the election. And we hadn't talked maybe months prior. Do you know why they talked after the election? Do you want to talk? You want to know why? Because they knew that Millie and I were coming to town and they were terrified because they knew that they, they knew that I knew that they stole my server. And so rather than Roger Stone or Ali Akbar go there, Mike Cernovich went down, told them all not to listen to Millie and I when we were coming with the Sunrise stuff, when we were coming with the AFL CIO. And I know this because there's communications about this. And if they push me, I can show it. So, so there's no point in which the election's being decided or the election's being not decided in which you're giving me talking points, I'm giving you talking points or anything like that. You're just like, hey, what's going on? Uh, this is, th your thing is gaining steam. I see a lot of comments in the chat about why Roger Stone's on Mike Lindell TV. I think all of you should email Mike Lindell and ask him why Roger Stone had a child predator on his TV. It is highly against what, what um, Mike Lindell handles and why he's okay with it. And this is what you should be doing. Because maybe Mike Lindell doesn't know that that's a child predator. You know, you see the smiling. There you go, PsyOps. You get it. Uh, this is something you have to do. You need to get... In touch with see you have the power you can tell him mike i love you you're a god of your god is awesome and you uh you know give glory to god for everything well then why are you allowing you know child predators to be on there why are you allowing these people to use your platform you are allowing evil on your platform and then it's game over that's all you have to do you inundate him with emails and you let him know you have the power to do that you have the power to do that. You are the people buying the pillows. You are the people subscribing. Remember, you're the consumer. 
You are the consumer. And then you can also ask him, why is your platform overlapping with Alex Jones? I mean, you could ask him that. And, you know, by the way, oh, I don't think that's my story to tell. But, well, that's something that you guys can actually do. And we'll see if Millie wants to say something else on that. But this is what you need to ask yourself. Why does he allow a child predator on there? All you have to do is email the man, right? Text him. There's emails. There's And let him know. Why are you letting evil on your platform? It's pretty simple. Uh, you're the consumer. Don't be consumed. Act like a consumer. It's kind of like when you're at a restaurant. Your steak is not cooked correctly. You're like, yo, I'm paying for this. This isn't good. Yo, I'm consuming your information, Mr. Lindell. This is not good. I am not happy with this. And I will cease to consume if this keeps going. You know, you know and, 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 you know, I was like, yes, it is. And I'm sorry I didn't call you ahead of time. You're like, no, no problem. Run with it. You know, just make it peaceful and whatever. And you said, hey, I can't participate in all of this for a couple of months. But, you know, if you can make room for me eventually. I was like, you're the guy who came up with the name. Of course, I'm going to make room. So I just saw a comment from Mazepa Dog, who always has something amazing to say, right? If you have no legal proof, Ali is a child predatory, just told you to commit legal defamation. Guys, you can send him the video uh, from Open Secrets and the information from Nick Fuentes uh, confirming that he knows that Ali talks to children, right? And that he said that he's a gatekeeper. Please use my video. You can link it up, you know, or you can use the Twitter thread, whichever you want. Mazepa Dog. Now, I've got more on Ali. You can stay here and watch. I'm going to destroy every single one of you because I can. Every single one of you because I can. Why? Because you're doing it in the most abrasive way. That's why. And I fear no one. I don't have fear. Let's continue with the lies. For you. So, so there's a breaking exclusive. Roger and I had no contact on November 3, 4, 5. And I think. And they started having contact when they're like, holy shit, Millie and Tori are going down to D.C. We need to stop this. Right? Maybe we should subpoena the tax for Mike Cernovich. Or wait, I might already have those. Maybe like the 8th or 10th is the first time we had contact after the election. Well, the good news is I can see your bookcase behind you, and I see you have a copy of Stone's Rules. Uh, so uh, I know that you are uh, well-read uh, and that you understand the principles Oh, look at that. You're a good little boy. Let me pat you on the head because you're a good little boy and you're a good little soldier. Good boy. I'll give you protection. Don't worry. And look at the, the, the little giddy face he does. Leadership. Uh, I want to thank you for coming in today and kind of clearing the air. Uh, for those of you who may have missed it, the January 6th final report says that Alex Jones and Ali Alexander uh, essentially ran an illegal incursion into the Capitol in, in Georgia. Georgia. They did. That, that is a bald-faced lie based on what we've been told today. Uh, back, back uh, none of that was said today. Back me up on that. Yep, we have, we have uh, cooperation from the Georgia State Capitol Police. We were invited by a Democrat state legislature. It, Slater, it was not my idea. And, you know, the thing that looks bad is that prior to going in, I say, again, constitutionally protected speech, are y'all ready to storm the Capitol in five minutes? And I say that into a megaphone because that's, you know, constitutionally protected speech. It's
It's nothing about the plan that we had orchestrated in 2014. Well, it was actually in 2012 in Serbia, which was deployed just a few years ago, which I'd like to show you as well, right? Um, storming the capital, right? From the Serbian patriot guy who you saw. Well, you'll see in a bit again when we play my preview. Uh, I, you know, you know, says that Alex Jones and Ali Alexander uh, essentially ran an illegal incursion into the Capitol in Georgia. That is a bald faced lie. So one person says, well, has he been found guilty of being a child predator until he is claiming him being one is defamation. Tory's not right. Well, then here's what I say. I'd love for Ali Akbar to sue me for saying that he's a child predator. Guess what? He won't. Based on what we've been told today, uh, back, back me up on that. Yep, we have we have uh, cooperation from the Georgia State Capitol Police. We were invited by a Democrat state legislature. It, Slater, it was not my idea. And you know the thing that looks bad is that prior to going in, I say again, constitutionally protected speech. Capitol in five minutes. And I say that into a megaphone because that's, you know, constitutionally protected speech. It's hyperbole and it was fun and I don't regret it. And then we go in. But I'm also captured in a very viral video with over three million hits where I say we're not sitting in. And I called someone a hillbilly and that was a whole controversy into it of itself. But uh, by the way, Southern white folks don't take offense to being called a hillbilly. It's only these Yankees. Uh, but don't get me started. It's all water under the bridge because me and the guy made up. He's a huge supporter of mine. Huge supporter. You mean you blackmailed him into it? Well, now let's go to my um, my little preview. Let's pull this up. Where is it? Damn. Okay, let me get it. There we go. So I don't know how the audio is going to go go on this because I'm going to use the the YouTube channel. But let's start this. And I'll pause. What's up, guys? Oh, oh. <laughs> so I just want to say that this footage that you're watching right now from Jaden X is never be some of the never seen before footage of Jaden X. So this is not something that people have. I just wanted to point that out because we're coming. Today we celebrate the first glorious anniversary of the information purification directives created for the first time in history. All right, so I want to give me a sec. Let me see. Hold on a sec. I want to show you something. I muted it so it doesn't verbiate. Open. All right, so you see these guys, right? Another film crew. You see that guy? Do you see that guy? Hold on. Oh, who's this guy? Oh, 
FBI has lots of explaining to do. <laughs> lots of explaining to do. Let's continue. History, a garden of pure ideology, where each word loomed, secure from the pests of a So there's that photographer again. I just want to point that out, right? This was one of the biggest productions. You can see her in the previous footage. She was smiling. We got her face. You see the orange team. There's more. We are one I was talking about the State Department, and they said to me, hey, we try to rally people uh, in Arizona, in Georgia. And there's an awesome video, I don't know if you've seen it, by, by a Serbian patriot about what they did in Serbia to stop when, when Milosevic stole their election. That, that's so you heard that, right, about Serbia, right? with Milosevic, right? And what they did. Well, let me show you a more recent application where they needed to do proof of concept. Hold on a second. Because, you know, the Oath Keepers were like, yeah, they did this. And it was like so awesome. So remember in Serbia, they named uh, <laughs> uh, a highway after the Bidens. I want you to pay attention to who's got Serbia by the cojones, okay? When a group of opposition supporters stormed the building in Belgrade. They were protesting a lockdown planned for the capital this weekend that's being implemented to curb the spread of the coronavirus. Serbian President Aleksandar Vucic said on Tuesday evening that stricter measures were necessary due to a spike in infections. Following his statement, several thousand people gathered in Belgrade's central square. A small group of demonstrators pushed past a police cordon, broke through a door and entered the parliament building. The crowd demanded Vucic's resignation, shouting Serbia has risen. Police responded with tear gas and forced the crowds back. Opponents have pinned the increase on the government and say people should not have to pay the price and tolerate another lockdown. Serbia, a country of 7 million people, marked an increase of at least 13 deaths on Tuesday. Doctors have warned that hospitals are already running at full capacity and that medical workers are tired. Serbia initially introduced a lockdown in early March, but in late May, the Balkan country opened up and set elections for June 21st. During the campaign, Vucic's ruling Serbian Progressive Party organized rallies, at which people did not wear masks. Top party officials were also infected after celebrating their victory, leading opposition parties to criticize Vucic for using the lockdowns to strengthen what they call his autocratic rule. Proof of concept, proof, proof of concept. I mean, they did it before, you know, and that was something that we had organized as a government, right? And now, you know, they used it for the lockdowns uh, pertaining to COVID which is understandable. Again, none of these actions, let's put it this way, none of these actions are ill-warranted, except when they're orchestrated for other purposes, of course. But most of these actions are done because of what the people want, right? You wanted to be there um, 
in January to show support and to redress your grievances. And obviously they all bought buses because they wanted to make this the big, it was a freaking event. You guys, if you read it, you're going to realize that all of these people like Caroline Wren and all of these people, they were more concerned about the numbers and who's more important and who has influence and anything. I mean, Carolyn Wren's testimony clearly states to you that it was Ali Akbar taking your fucking data and selling it to say, these are how many people I'm bringing. And it wasn't even his. It was from the Women for America First. And it's like, you know, for some reason, people have constantly propped up Alex Jones as being the good guy. I'm going to tell you one thing. Anyone, anyone who thought InfoWars was organic and real. I actually showed something to Millie yesterday while she was here for Christmas Eve. We exchanged presents and stuff. Um, I'm going to, and she got me like this really nice bag. So I'm so grateful. But um, when I showed her a clip, she couldn't believe what she saw. She was like, holy shit, I, I was working for that guy. I had no idea. This is before she started working for him. I'm telling you, this J6 docu, is going to show you everything. There is going to be nothing left unturned for you to understand that you are simply the consumer being consumed and there's a bunch of people that think they're important. And listen, I love the things that Roger Stone has done, but I'm going to explain something to you and in, in the way I see it. When I had an immense amount of power to do things and, and, and sometimes, you know, that evil side comes out from me, where I can cause severe pain and it'll be self-inflicted too, to nations, to destroy nations, right? That power sometimes gets you drunk on it because you're important, you know, in very close circles. My ghost ass was very important and I am only here because of necessity. I am here because of necessity. The necessity that the people need to wake up. Roger Stone used to be that beacon sometimes. He skirted the dark and the light very well. But rats look after themselves and not others. Remember that. Rats look after themselves and not others. This is a big deal. It feels... So if I feel so bad when I see leeches like Ollie and Roger attach themselves to people, I think the biggest mistake that the general ever did was embrace Roger Stone. I say that with full commitment. If you read the transcripts, Tracy Beans was involved in some of this stuff too. And then you're going to ask yourself why. She's a McCainer. Okay. She's a McCainer. And it hurts, right? It really, really hurts to watch these people. Alex Jones, I'm going to show you stuff that's going to make you so pissed off about him. You're going to be like, I had no idea. And that's because no one paid attention. No one paid attention. Think of it this way. Alex Jones tells you that he doesn't have money, right? but he has a bunch of corporations. His dad's a dentist, also agency, FYI, who runs all his businesses. So Dr. Jones runs everything. He also has Cozy TV, the one that Nick Fuentes pushes. 
He's also taking Lindell's videos. And so he's penetrated Mike Lindell's company. He's stealing Mike Lindell's data to amplify his own and then sell it back. That's how they make money. It's all about data. Anything you put on social media, it's collected data. Why do you think I don't create my own website? Because then one day someone might take that data. And I don't want to be responsible for that. You know, I remember hearing Bianca, you know, the Latinos for Trump, talking about getting people's data so they could sell it. Oh, I have all these people's contact. It's data, data, data. You know what's interesting? What I want you to pay attention to is there's a transcript in those dumps by a Jane Doe. I want you to read it. A Jane Doe that the January 6th committee interviewed. A Jane Doe. Look at it. And she talks about Salesforce and data and RNC and what they were doing and how they were sending out mass emails. And we all know the abuse that we get from the emails of save this and it's coming from Marjorie or the president or this guy or Kevin McCarthy or Matt Gates. right? Pay attention. Your data puts you on a file. And for them to show that they're powerful, it's all about data. Why do you think they care about their follow numbers and they have bots? Do you really believe that all these people have that many followers? Absolutely not. And that's the thing. They just sell you. You're the consumer being consumed. And like I said, you don't like a child predator being on Mike Lindell TV? Tell him. Oh, there's no down my Tell him. Tell him, hey, I bought a lot of pillows from you. I love you. I am a woman or man of God, but you have a child predator and a liar on your television set. I'm not happy with that. I don't want to subscribe to anything. I'm not buying anything because you have a bona fide child predator. Oh, those are allegations because that's what Stone says. Oh, they just lie. Oh, they just lie about you, but nobody else is lied about. Stop. There's evidence. There's evidence. I remember when I sat down with a man who's no longer with us. His name was Mr. Cooper. We, were, we exchanged really good communications. And um, I remember commenting, oh, you know, Alex Jones kept me a lot of comfort. He's like, oh, God. Tarpsahori, can you not see? He told me this and I said, well, you know, I can see that he's an influence op, but no, he's doing it on purpose. This is going to be needed in the future, he said. And this is at a time where I wasn't super awake. But no, I was always awake. I just didn't give a shit. Let me be frank on that. <laughs> I didn't. And, um, you know, I'll never forget the way he looked at me. He's like, you're so smart. And, you know, I was like, well, sometimes influence operations are okay, I guess, if they're for good. He goes, influence operations are never okay because then it gives the illusion that there's free will. And then when it's time for people to exercise free will, when the pale horse comes in, they will not be able to exercise it because they think they're exercising their free will by listening to influence operations and embracing them. He was right. He was right. So let's continue. So you're going to see a few teams, orange team, yellow team, green team, fed team. So they did. They marched on their capital. Really, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a patriot version of the color revolution. Hello again from the Serbian guy. Yes, I'm calling you for violence, if that is the only way. Through back channel contacts with commanders. 
Serbian guy. He's on YouTube. Well, he's on other places too. I've archived all his videos, by the way. So, well, I haven't. We all have archived his videos, I guess. I can't say I haven't, but we all have. So here's where they, he's like, I'm not calling you for violence, but you do it if you have to. Dallas has been assured the security forces will step aside. It's like that for a while. He went from speeding. I don't know if any of you saw him. Um, he was sponsored by Uber when he was uh, going out for the Olympic team. The group that I'm a part of is uh, called Civilized Awakening. I found it back when my brother John Sullivan um, organized the pro. He's a. He Wait, hold on. Your brother organized the protest, but you found it and then you say that he's Antifa and you show us that he's an actor, performer. Okay, let's continue. He's Antifa. John Sullivan is kind of where I started my investigative journalism career. Uh, question for you, because I, I didn't really realize this, but John's group is only months old. Yeah. It began around May 31st and that was my first protest. So hold on a second. First of all, he looks like a ladyboy here. Second, wait, what did Elijah Schaefer say? He started his career with John Sullivan. <laughs> you mean Elijah Schaefer that was me too'd right before all of this came out? Which, by the way, Elijah Schaefer, let me just check. I'm pretty sure I didn't see it, but let me look. He wasn't deposed by the committee. <laughs> so freaking weird. That is really weird, isn't it? Considering that he was right by Ray Epps, considering he was right in the middle, considering he was telling people that people wanted to murder people in Congress, which was a lie, right? Because none of you wanted to murder people in Congress, right? He was me too. Huh? You should look into that. That's why Glenn Beck got rid of him in September. Think, think, think. There's a reason why on the J6 docus, I talk about it and I drop little nuggets because this allows the rats to scramble. This allows the rats to scramble. You know, I hear, you know, a lot of them say, no one listens to Tory. The fuck they do. The fuck they do. And you all know it. But that's okay. You'll know it and have to eat crow very, very soon. Oops. Sorry. Let me start this up again. So lady boy here, two brothers, one's on one side, one's on the other. Sounds like the Fon Jewel brothers, but let's keep going. Protest. I turned to my crew, they're in the front row, and I said, we gotta get to the Capitol. What if somebody creates a disturbance there? We know that Antifa started the fight, but two people were the ones that then went to the Capitol. And you know who it is. Wait a minute. We know Antifa started the fight and then the Q people went into the Capitol. Did you guys hear that? I'm sorry, but the Q people were the proud boys that were texting you and Akbar and Stone. And I'm throwing all three names because it, it's only two of the three and I don't remember which one. It's on a transcript. You know, let me find it. Why am I alleging when I can freaking look it up? Let me... Uh, let me... Let me see where it is. Um, final report. Okay, let's see. I need to find this because it's the Q people, right? But it's not you guys getting play-by-play -play from, let me pull it up. 
to review public records and uh, Cindy Chafin. In addition to the permits issued with Cindy Chafin and Ali Alexander under One Nation Under God moniker, it's nine additional permits. Hold on. I need to go to the part where, let me find the text. Hold on. Let me just read these. Unknown person sends a text. <clears throat> Are you with POTUS right now? Hearing he's in the dining room watching this on TV. Is he going to say anything to de-escalate apart from the tweet? Rinse Priebus. Tell him to go home. Unknown. POTUS should go on air and defuse this. Extremely important. Alyssa Farah. POTUS has to come out firmly and tell protesters to dissipate. Someone's going to get killed. Representative Chip Roy, fix this now. Meadows responded, we are. Sean Hannity, can you make a statement? I saw the tweet. Ask people to peacefully leave the Capitol. Meadows responded on it. Katrina Person at 340. So Pearson says, no, I was able to keep the crazies off the stage. I stripped all branding of those nutty groups and removed the videos of all the psychos. Glad that she fought for it. Unknown, please have POTUS call this off at the Capitol. Urge rioters to disperse. I pray to you. Unknown, is he coming out? He has to, right? Brian Kilmeade of Fox News, please get him on TV, destroying everything you guys have accomplished. Donald John, Donald Trump Jr., we need an oval address. He has to lead now. It's gotten way out of hand. And this is all um, because of the crazies. Who were the crazies? The Alex Joneses and the Proud Boys. So let me find. Um, leaders of Stop the Steel movement continued to incite the crowd during the march as well. Alex Jones of Infowars arrived at the Ellipse shortly after 9 a.m. I was there. On the morning of January 6th, after some initial difficulty, difficulty gaining access to the event area, Jones was set up in the VIP section. Actually, he was not. He was outside of it, and he was trying to figure out what's going on while Jones stayed and listened to a portion of President Trump's speech. Uh, planning for the crowd's march to the Capitol, we already knew it was underway. Jones intended to leave the ellipse early to lead the march. Here's what happened. Ali Akbar and Alex Jones actually thought they were going to be on stage. So what happened was they lied to him saying, why don't you go down to where your permit is so that, you know, you can lead the march with President Trump. So they lied to them so they don't create a scene at the VIP area because the one thing that they didn't realize is that Ali Akbar was already making a scene before all of this shit happened. I was there. I was video streaming it. I was posting pictures and I've archived all of it. I was there. My name was on the seat. I was watching it all unfold. They were demanding to sit down. They were pushing. They were asking for seats. He had already created a shit show just arriving. And then everybody's seats were rearranged, even though Secret Service had organized them. This is where Diamond and Silk are going to sit. This is where these people are going to sit. They had organized it. It was planned by Secret Service. And Ali Akbar came in and started kicking up a fuss. I remember I was at the VIP entrance and getting in Bergy and um, uh, my friend. And while I was there, Matt Couch was trying to get in and Ollie was right there. And I was like, dude, you're not even invited to this. You're not even supposed to be here. He's like, he's like you. And, and my friend turned around and called him a, 
whatever the Polish expert told, you know, um, Roger Stone Lewandowski stands for. And we'll talk about the Polish expert because the Polish expert was the one that introduced Ali Akbar to Ren, right? So uh, what's funny is, is that, um, you know, I was there and he was, he didn't even have a tag. He didn't have anything. He wasn't allowed in there. Security wouldn't let them in there. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so um, Ali Akbar totally threw that out of control. Caroline Wren fucked it up by even trying to push that because she was trying to appease her donor. And that wasn't going to happen. That's exactly what happened. Her donor wanted uh, Alex Jones. And then Alex Jones was like more Akbar because that's what Stone wanted because Stone has blackmail on freaking Alex Jones. Fact, right? And so all of this happened, right? I'm watching it. It became a shit show. And then suddenly, you know, um, Patrick Byrne appears and I'd asked him, are you coming? And he was like, no, I'm not. And then last minute he comes and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? General Friend didn't go because it was freezing cold and he didn't want to per se. Right. So I'm sitting there watching it and they're like, holy shit, what do we tell these crazy people? You know, so they could leave. And there, there started the rumor that President Trump was going to march because they needed to get rid of Ali Akbar. They needed to get rid of Alex Jones before they make it a shit show. Right. And that is what happened. They were trying to cover up the fuck up of having that child predator and that loser there. And he was going to throw a ta baby tantrum because he was throwing it before the event even started, guys. He was going from side to side, demanding that he was in the front, demanding that he was going to get on stage because he did all of it when he did nothing. All he did was hijack and garner money and influence. That's basically it. And so, you know, that's what's weird. And then, you know, then you look at where Ren is and then you're just like, okay, then I can't trust anyone around Ren because money comes first for her. Do you think Caroline Wren wanted to destroy President Trump? I don't really think so, but she's uh, an RNC puppet. She abides by RNC rules. So anyone associated with Caroline Wren is dead in the water for me. People should be pulling her 201s. So, you know, for me, you know, seeing that, you know, people don't get it, but the lie was to de-escalate the situation because we didn't want, you know, uh, a ruckus at, you know, President Trump's speech. That's why they lied. Wren gave the lie to Alex Jones and Ali Akbar, who were waiting in lot eight because they were going to march with the president. And I have video where we transcribed it and 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 sent that part of our report where they were saying Caroline Red said that we're, we're going to be going. When is he coming? So <clears throat> that's basically what happened, you guys. They literally lied to them so they could leave early and get ready so that they can meet the president and go because they were suckers, right? The, all, all Caroline Wren wanted was data. Her donor wanted Alex Jones on the stage. There's no way you would put Alex Jones on the stage with President Trump because that's game over. That's FBI, SCS contacts all over the place. You have to look at who didn't go to jail and who orchestrated and who's still out and who's in. You know, even though I'm really pissed at Q Shaman for being, you know, climate shaman and all these other people that, that knew they were doing something wrong, right? It's not their fault because their orchestrators are sitting pretty, sipping champagne and talking shit and lying, right? This is why I was pissed that Manafort was in jail. I remember, you know, Manafort is an amazing guy. Cohen was like, I'm not going to jail for any of these people, right? Cohen's just a pussy.
right? But Manafort, you know, they wanted him to flip on President Trump so he can get an easy way out. And he's like, no, nah, dude, this isn't illegal. You all did it. McCain gave you all this paperwork. McCain had paperwork on Roger Stone. Why do you think he's not in jail? Anyone associated with these people that see people as commodities and consumers is a no for me. I would distance myself from anyone associated with Carolyn Wren. That is deep space. They don't care about you. They care about numbers. That's fact. So stay in your lane, right? Stay in your lane because it'll come. So here we go with Joe Biggs, and I'm going to rewind it a bit because he tells you everything you need to know. Well, everyone said Antifa, Antifa, stop. Antifa was there, but it was the Antifa that are feds. So they were like, oh, look, this guy's from Philly Antifa. Yeah, he's the Philly Antifa CI. He's not really Antifa. Antifa, have you seen them fight in the field when they train? They, 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 they like shout like little girls and their wrists are all limp. And, you know, it's like they're waving dildos around. Okay. So uh, Antifa, the chapters of Antifa are pretty much anarchists, blah, blah, blah. But they're all limp-wristed idiots, you know, that don't want to work and, uh, you know, think that no government is great um, and that we shouldn't all be, we should all just self-govern without any point of contact to oversee all of us and it should be complete anarchy. <clears throat> so that's what really Antifa is. But it's been created into this force of violence, which was done so by the FBI itself. Okay. So they're telling you Antifa and it's like, stop. We already told you that the left wanted to come in and they're usually quite peaceful. They don't attack. I mean, unless they get irritated, you know, like when they go for like, oh, we want to kill babies. They'll like dance, dance, dance and scream and foam at the mouth. But they rarely beat people up unless, you know, you confront them with facts and then they don't have anything to say. So they just react like a toddler and maybe spit or hit you. Well, let's continue. Let's see what Joe Biggs has to say. Once and then wins the capital. And you know who it is when I say we. But this time we're not going to be wearing the colors that you're used to seeing us in. You ain't going to know who the fuck it is standing beside you. So you're not going to know who is standing behind uh, beside you. Look, that's Yellow Team. Are you seeing the leader of the pack? We've got it all sussed out. We have every single one of them dead to rights. And then you'd be like, oh my gosh, you think the FBI doesn't have this? Of course they do. You think we didn't send any information to the FBI? Of course we did. So then the question you should be asking yourself is, you know, what's going on? Why aren't they doing anything? Because they got caught. Remember the documentary that I showed you about how the FBI entraps people and does stuff? Look at all these people just following along this team member, Yellow Team. Yellow Team were mostly journalists. See the big camera, right? There's a big, big camera there. Do you see it? This is the documentarian's Fed-approved press that was documenting everything and leading people. Can you see that now? Can you see that? So anyone telling you that they know what happened at J6 is a fucking liar when they're giving you, oh, and then we were infiltrated and then it's all Ray Epps' fault. <laughs> when you're an asset for the feds and you stay out of jail while your two partners go to jail, well, Get away with everything, huh? You may have a deal with the Department of Justice, but you don't have a deal with the people, and the people run the Department of Justice. It could be Antifa. It could be me. We want to win. We want to win. They have to stand down 
enforcement do their work. Earlier this week, their leader uh, tweeted that that standby order had been rescinded. And if you remember, President Trump said, don't be violent. Let the police do their job. And remember, Enrique Tarrio, I called him out as a fad a long time ago. I remember how Cassandra Fairbanks made fun of Millie, right? She was like, oh, you think everyone's a fed? And then I jumped in in Federique. Yes, yes. You're a fed too. You went to Julian Assange twice. Can we pay attention, please? Can we pay attention, please? It's all a damn show. All a damn show. And as you saw, Joe Biggs told you, you know, <laughs> you won't know it's me or you won't know if it's Antifa. I want to begin tonight by speaking to someone who was there. Now, a lot of the footage that is aired on all kinds of different channels was shot by a man called the. A lot of footage that was put on air was shot by Elijah Schaefer. Oh, look, who's that? Oh, that's Ray Epps. That's right. The guy that supposedly Ali Akbar in his video with Roger Stone said he led people away from lot eight. You kidding? Was he at lot eight? I don't see him at lot eight. That's really weird. It's really bizarre, isn't it? Really bizarre. And let's not forget that Elijah Schaefer was me too. And he was never interviewed, even though he had access to everyone. That includes Ray Epps. That includes the feds. That includes the CIs. And it's so bizarre. All of these influencers. Damn. It was like they were in the know or part of it. Elijah Schaefer. The intention was to capture and assassinate elected officials. Guess who told you guys that the night of. Yeah. Guess who told you guys that? It was to assassinate election, elected officials. Guess who told you that? He did. Why? To? Oh, that's right. Entrapment. That's it. Got it. Got it. Got it. There we go. Let's go. Listen to him. The actual siege. There's a few hundred people who've already gathered outside the Capitol. This is just one of the rallies. Hold on. Let me pause on the screen. Give me a second. Let me get there. Do you see this? Question. Mr. Fuentes, in December 2020, a French computer programmer transferred about 13.5 Bitcoin, which was at the time worth 250000 to you and another about 25000 worth of Bitcoin to Patrick Casey. Did you know the donor? Fifth Amendment. Mr. Durkin, you sent the committee a letter on February 2nd and an, and an attached letter from the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office that was sent to the Bank of America. Now, now you can understand why these banks gave their money, your money transactions in. It's for idiots like this. But you're going to see the guy who allegedly killed himself um, with a weird note who sent the money in this video. You probably missed it. See, and that's me with the hammer, just going to drop the hammer and destroy this whole mirage of January 6th bullshit in this 1984 scenario. 200 people who've already got outside the Capitol. This is just one of the rallies taking place today under the banner of what people are calling Stop the Steal. We want to win one result, one Ren lady, where's she at? I think she, she's gone. She the Ren lady, where's she at? I think she's gone. Let's hear that again. Let's watch this wild protest again. 
under the banner of what people are calling Stop the Steal. One lady, where's she at? I think she, she's gone. She went back. She knows what they said they're going to do. Everything she told us is accurate. Welcome back. Now, we expect the Republican National Convention in Cleveland to be a wild scene. Well, you can be sure that one man that's going to add to the mayhem is Roger Stone. Let's stop this right here. So this was filed with the FEC. Donald J. Trump for President Inc. to disavow the below mentioned committees. Committee to Restore America's Greatness. That pack is the pack that Roger Stone created. He disavowed it in 2016. He said, I have nothing to do with whatever money this guy is raising. So the Great America Pack, not authorized by him. High Tower of Trump, not organized by him. Committee to Restore America Greatness, not about him. Nevada's Veterans for Trump, not his. Hmm. Pay attention. We will disclose the hotels and the room numbers of those delegates who are directly involved in the steal. If you're from Just in case you missed it, guess where Stop the Steal is? Hold on. It's part of that pack. Here we go. We'll disclose. This is part of the pack. This was part of the pack that he disavowed. The hotels and the room numbers of those delegates who are directly involved in the steal. If you're from Pennsylvania, we'll tell you who the culprits are. We urge you to visit their hotel and find them. It, it reminds me very much of the Brooks Brothers riot. You mean the one where they put up ba barriers so nobody can see so he can run the clock out so that Bush wins? You mean that Brooks Brothers riot that looked almost identical to what happened in Pennsylvania with the boarding up and keeping people out? See, people forget history. It's all about perception. Someone can lie to you. It's about perception. Perception, perception, perception. And then I urge all of you on your weekend to just do some homework and see the players that were part of the Brooks Brothers riot. And you're going to be like, wait a minute. Holy crap. Same people involved in this stop the steal and all of this. And then you're thinking, see, this is where I give that. Well, today it's four zeros point four. I don't know why I got a few extra, extra tenths on that. <laughs> tenths of whatever. But I was like, well, what if Roger Stone like deployed the operation because they knew he would deploy the operation so that he could catch him. <laughs> but then I saw that he threw Manafort and Rick Gates under the bus, both partners that he had for decades. So, yeah. Matt Schlapp was part of that shit. They helped Bush get elected by running out the clock. And you're going to be like, well, it was better than Al Gore who thought it would sink. You're right. You're right. But again, here I'm demonstrating to you just how long they've been rigging your elections. Are you paying attention now? Because it's not something new. There was also other stop the steals. I mean, this was a stop the steal because he actually used that verbiage. I have all the documentation for that. So that'll be in the documentary too. I said, flood the hall and don't let them shut that door. 
was a nice guy, but I let him go because I really wasn't using him. And uh, he liked to get a lot of publicity for himself, which I didn't want. Don Jr. has said that you've exaggerated your access to the Trumps. Um, well, he wasn't around, so I'm not sure. I can tell you that almost every single event that he goes to, he goes to under the wing of someone else who does him a favor because he's the legendary Roger Stone, not because anyone wants him there. And the thing is, you know, President Trump let him go, like he said, because he does everything about himself. It's about him being the kingmaker, him. I mean, he's whispering in people's ears. Here's, he's the one, oh, maybe you should run for president. You know, he's even telling Patrick Byrne that. And I'm just like, no, like, shut up. You're just looking to fucking milk money again. And the thing is, what people don't, what's sad, what's really sad. And, and I think Millie and I had this conversation is like, when they die, they don't take this money with them. So in essence, why? Why do all this? Leave a footprint in history. You know, all these people that are involved in these actions, it would be so much easier if they came out and said something like, you know, they had my kids while being held hostage and, and, and I did this and I'm sorry, but this is what they did. And that's why I cut that deal. This is why I flipped because of this deal. This is why I did this because of this. All of us would be able to understand that. All of us would be able to understand that if they came clean. It's, it's so much more easier when people come clean and they're like, you know what? Hate me. I did this. I did that. I did this. I did this. And I'm sorry. I was weak. You know, I thought that mattered. You would have 20 more million people supporting you to help them break the system as opposed to cover your ego. In history, history does not look kind on people that are all about themselves. This is a problem. They could all use that excuse. I don't give a shit. I don't care how dirty you are. As long as we get rid of this global control. And it's you know, and the thing is, it's so highly compartmentalized that most of these idiots that pander for glory and like he said, we'll all get our 15 minutes again, right? 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 It doesn't, they don't even know what's really going on. They only know one, they don't have the 40,000 foot view. And that's what's frustrating. And I have compassion for almost every single person, even creeps. Well, I can't say that I don't feel sorry for Ali Akbar, right? I can't say I don't feel sorry for him because I, I kind of do. I actually do because I, I would hate being him and thinking like him and, and, and being him. I, I would hate that because he lies to himself, but a rat's a rat, right? A rat is a rat. Exaggerated your access to the Trumps. So President Trump's son doesn't know how much access Roger Stone has because he's not with him all the time. I'm going to say this totally on the record. He does not have the access he plays to have. Period. Um, well, he wasn't around, so I'm not sure how he would know. Did you BS anyone to make it seem like you were more involved, more of a player than you were? One does not have to be on a campaign staff in order to effectuate the electoral outcome of an election in America. 
got my Donald. So you don't have to be part of the campaign staff to change the way elections go, is what he's saying. No shit. If you have the power of the CIA and all the people you cut deals with, you can make it look like you're fighting to your friend while you milk him, just in general. And this isn't specifically for Roger Stone. But that's what they're doing. This is the guy, the only guy that actually lost money while in office. And everyone keeps want, wanting his money. Trump doll. But unfortunately, when you push the button, it just keeps saying you're fired. So I've stopped doing that. <laughs> well, you should. Well, that, that's appropriate. In, in a certain sense, although I wasn't fired, I quit. Stone and Trump. He quit. President Trump disavowed him on FEC documentation. He quit. He quit. There's a song for that. Hold on. Let's get that song. Where's the song? Here we go. Let's play the song. There's a song for that. Because he quit. I mean, we had to do the little cheer because he totally lied, lied, lied. Here we go again. Well, that, that's appropriate. In, in a certain sense, although I wasn't fired, I quit. Stone and Trump officially parted ways last fall, supposedly over Trump's refusal to end his feud with Fox News. And really? You think it was over that with Megyn Kelly? You really think that? <laughs> There's another interview, actually, where Roger Stone's like, well, you know, we parted ways because we didn't agree with things. And I guess, you know, it turns out that Donald Trump was right and I was wrong. So it had nothing to do with Megyn Kelly. So um, every time they lie, we will be playing the cheerleader song, right? This is where you catch him. You know, it's a move and, you know, as someone that lied her whole life, the minute I decided I will not lie to benefit myself, I will not lie ever to benefit myself. I think that's where we should all start because we all lie. We lie to ourselves. You know, I feel better than I, <laughs> I do. That's a lie. But, you know, it, I would urge all of you this year to try to do this. I will not lie to benefit myself on the back of someone else. How's that? I won't tell a lie to screw someone over to benefit me. Start there. That's how I started. Start there because deception is part of everything, right? And lots of times, and that's the fun part, lots of times I will say something that is misplaced information. How's that? Transplaced information. And that's purposeful. I mean, you never tell the enemy what you're going to do, but I always want to give some insight to all of you to think. So this is what you say. You're going to lie no matter what. So you're going to lie 
you know, to yourself, you know, about how you look or, oh, this is just fine. You know, like the dog sitting in the fire pit, right? But I, I hope, you know, I hope that all of you can take this. If you promise to not lie for your self-benefit, your self-benefit, start there. Just think about it. Who am I hoodwinking? right? Am I hoodwinking the bank to talk myself out of a overdraft fee? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> For me, consciously, I'm fine with that. Am I hoodwinking someone so I can get the sale price on this? That's fine. I'm okay with screwing over a corporation. This sounds so bad. Where are your ethics story? I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to fault someone. But when you lie to cause harm to someone or someone's or a nation because you profit from it, that's a problem, right? If it's benefiting you and harming others unjustly. So this is how I want you to think of it. I'm going to consciously, this is what I want you guys to do. Consciously say, I will not lie to benefit myself and in the process hurt another. That's all. I will not lie to benefit myself. Just think of it that way. And I know you're going to have to start small because I benefit myself by looking in the mirror and saying, I don't look so bad, right? Lying to myself. Your intention is important. <clears throat> if we actually read scriptures, you'll understand that better. We need to read the scriptures. <sighs> Damn. But this is another lie. It had nothing to do with Megan Kelly, by the way. Because... If it was Megan Kelly, then he wouldn't have filed an FEC notice to say, I am not associated with whatever this man is doing. Okay. That's like the biggest insult. And President Trump is a gentleman. And out of respect, he's not calling him out, but others have. And I think the paperwork called him out more. That's why nobody talks about it. Yeah, you should donate to this. Let me ask you, do you know about the texting company or let's go with this? What about telehealth? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ask Roger Stone about telehealth, your private identifying healthcare information. Ask. Ask. Telehealth app. Yeah. Your health information, right? There you go. Now you're going to start to see it. Megan Kelly. Others argue he was pushed out because he repeatedly clashed with Trump's campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski. This is where Mr. And Corey Lewandowski did not like what he did for Cleveland, what he was planning for Cleveland. He was not happy with it. He was very unhappy with it. He was very pissed off with it. Very pissed off with it. So, very, very pissed off with it. And he was right to, because there was a lawsuit filed. And this is exactly it, because Corey Lewandowski did not want to use dirty tricks, the trickster. Oh, and let's not forget, Corey Lewandowski, I'm going to showcase to you. remember Joy Villa, the Scientologist with the MAGA dress, right? The one that's a singer, but her husband or boyfriend is a photographer. She used to be into S&M bonding, whatever, you know, whatever. And now she's a Scientologist that's pro MAGA or whatever. She's very good friends with Roger Stone and Roger Stone tasked her to fuck over Corey Lewandowski. There's communications about that too. So, and you're going to see that in the documentary. So that's a big deal. 
that is a very, very big deal. Very big deal. Mr. Trump's campaign manager makes the magic. You've worked in how many campaigns, roughly? All. 40. 40. This is where they open all the mail. They answer probably 80% of the calls right here. These are some of the things that people have sent in in the last, you know, 30 or 45 days. Save our country, impeach Obama, lock up Hillary, elect Donald for president. By the way, I spoke to a Polish language expert the other day. I was unaware of the fact. Polish language expert. Well, you know, Jack Fasobic, Polish language expert right there. The one that introduced Ali Akbar to rent, right? That Lewandowski loosely translated means cocksucker. That's one of your boys. No, no, let me be clear. One of your boys. Let me be clear. Roger Stone and I don't agree on anything. I don't, I don't think he, he does not represent this campaign. He does not represent not the what Trump he campaign. Says. Look, what Roger Stone says and what the truth are, are two factually very different things. Why do you fire Roger Stone? Look, he wasn't doing anything on the campaign. He was living in Florida, you know, doing, you know, I don't know what he was doing, to be honest with you, but he had no value. If you take Roger at his own words, which are very difficult to do, because most of the time he's lying when he's talking, um, I don't know what the truth is. Well, I was told about this weeks ago from the insider. I tell you, I've never seen information turn out to be 100% uh, on target every time, like in the last eight months with Roger Stone. And then I saw the New York Times yesterday, Donald Trump hires Paul Manafort to lead the delegate effort. And it says right here uh, that he's a longtime business partner uh, of uh, political uh, operatives, uh, operative Roger Stone. Uh, and we became partners at Black, Manafort and Stone in Charles 1981. Black, Roger Stone and Manafort. Paul we all Manafort. have our 15 minutes one more time. Long before he was a kingmaker in Ukraine, Paul Manafort was a power broker in Washington. He built up influence as an advisor to Republican presidential candidates. And in the 1980s, he found new markets for his influence overseas as a partner at Black, Manafort and Stone. Stone, who belongs to one of Washington's most successful consulting firms, the argument, I gather, seems to be that you helped elect them. Now you're helping to tell them what to do. And this really isn't what the founding fathers had in mind. First of all, the term influence uh, uh, shops is really uh, not accurate at all. I think what we provide for our clients, be them foreign countries or corporations. So he would always peddle influence. See, three names. Oh, Charles Black. So weird. Manafort Stone and Rick Gates, obviously, as you um, will see in the next portion of this clip, you know, we're working together. Black, Puerto Rico, crypto, Manafort, jail, Stone, no jail, and Rick Gates, jail. Let's just point it out. And they were all calling him out for being an influence operator. Pay attention. Or individuals is a superior understanding of how Washington works. Charles Black is a senior advisor to Bush. So are Paul Manafort and Roger Stone. And Lee Atwater is George Bush's campaign manager. All these men are partners in a firm that in 1985 received $3.4 million in foreign lobbying fees. He also has worked around the world with pro-democracy, pro-American uh, governments during elections. Roger Stone. Um, I would urge all of you to look at the USAID website that says they're pro-democracy and help elections. I don't know, just pick a country like Colombia or I don't know, Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. You should find out because I've seen the passport data, actually. So it's an unfair advantage. But you should find out how many times key players that are supposedly on your side travel to Ukraine and how much money they made out of that. No, uh, uh. Uh, but see, here's the thing. People like Schiff and Cheney and um, 
well, the majority of Congress and the Senate can't really talk about Ukraine because they all got a cut. See, there were three Hunter Biden laptops, and I want you to think carefully. Why didn't Roger Stone go all over on the Hunter Biden laptop? Huh? Why didn't, why did they throw so much money to silence the Hunter Biden laptop? And the only people that had the guts to talk about it was me because I give zero fucks. Rudy Giuliani, because he was like, well, I'm just going to keep talking. It's not like Roger Stone's going to come out and attack me, right? But other people attacked Rudy Giuliani, right? You had um, Divine, you know, from the post, she posted it, wrote a book about it. It was pretty vanilla. She didn't have that. And then you had Garrett Ziegler, who's a man of honor and integrity and was like, truth is truth. That's it. Done. And then you had people fighting Garrett Ziegler. No one wants to mention me. And it's so weird. You got to think about that. You got to think about that for a second. It's very weird. No one wants to mention me, even though I published one of the first Hunter Biden emails in 2020. Maybe that's why they took my website. No. So nobody wants to mention me talking about it. But it's all going to come back to Ukraine because with all this Cambridge Analytica, Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. So weird. So I want you guys to remember, it was never Russia. It was always Ukraine. Calm. Stone leaving the Trump campaign early on suggests candidate Trump didn't want his campaign tied to Stone's influence operations. We really pioneered negative campaign advertising. I know that General Jones was involved consulting Trump early on. I know he has some you know, involvement. Stone goes around and works with all these groups. And there you go. Please take a look at this graphic. As you can see, Wikistrat, General James Jones, General Michael Hayden, Psy Group, Paul Manafort, Rick Gates, Roger Stone, together under Joel Zemel. And then you have Clearforce. Under all of this was under General Jones. Well, McCain as well. Because you, you can see, here we go. Paul Manafort, Rick Davis, who also works for the Hillary Clinton campaign, and Rick Gates. Three EDC strategic partners also have Roger Stone with together. These were simultaneous, same company, two different companies, you know, that's billing and, and money, right? This is, this is how you can see what's happening under John McCain. John McCain gave the deep state everything he had on all of these people. And it all turns out that... Uh, Roger Stone had a problem and they kept him alive for some reason, even though he was in all of that. And I'll tell you this, I don't believe that Roger Stone was smart enough to actually facilitate the deals because he's more of an influence peddler, a guy with less gray matter, right? In regards to making uh, critical thinking, but very good at making connections. So he is great at peddling influence. But here is how it goes. Look at what triggered them. This. And while they wanted to blame Bergie, they soon found out that Bergie was actually one of their assets, right? So then they flipped the story and then they had Poo Poo Bennett literally commit a crime and expose crimes against children and Alex Jones perpetuated it. And hence why I said, I will own InfoWars at the end of this. Maybe past my time. But I will destroy the very conglomerate that allows to lull the people to sleep. And this is only one slither of it in regards to the media.
So I want you guys to take a look at this. And if you remember, I did share those tweets where the Hayden Center was upset that me and McAfee were going at Hayden, who wears a diaper, which I shouldn't make fun of because when I was bleeding like crazy, I was wearing one too. I just like to call it a bigger period pad, right? <laughs> but again, you know, these are the people that know best. And McCain, taken out, gave them all the information because maybe he was reluctant to take himself out. So you die and we get this info because we need to take out Trump. Got him here in studio and I go, okay, who runs it? And during the break, he goes, Roger Stone. I go, sorry, Roger Stone can't hardly make his Skype work. Roger Stone can't make his Skype work. Well, here they are. Here they are. He was just the guy making the deals. Every company has someone in a role. There's a person that does the media. There's a person that does the technical aspect. There's a person that does, you know, the contracts. You know, everyone has a role. Roger Stones was selling credentials or credibility or clout. KKKs, you know, all those Ks. Let's continue. I said, I want to see him with General Jones. I want to see him with Hayden. I want to see him running. Uh right? Like, I want to see him with all these people. Well, we just saw that we have IRS forms showing that he worked with these people. And Alex Jones admitted it. This is why he was fired. Because he brought the PSYOP MIC heads into the Trump campaign. Pay attention. This was his plan all along. Why do you think that these generals that are in bed with NATO, the UN and the World Economic Forum would help President Trump? If he really wanted to get shit done, let's pretend that it was all good intention. Why would you go to one of the biggest military industrial complexes that have set up so many bullshit operations to just funnel money, rape kids, transport human beings? This is disgusting. Okay, this is disgusting. If you wanted to fix things, you would have gotten together with real people. I don't know, maybe like the people that were fired from the NSA for talking about privacy, because this is where the argument comes down to. Shadow net, it's not true. I know that General Jones was involved consulting Trump early on. I know he has some you know, involvement. Stone goes around and works with all these groups. When the Shadowgate film got released, I didn't know what was in it. And then someone they sent over here to the office was saying things that I knew were patently not true. And, and here's the thing. We didn't send anyone to the office. So I had no idea that Bergie was actually in Texas. The day Millie and Gavin were getting arrested, right? The minute they were getting arrested, he was a block away from InfoWars. How did he know? Again, he knew. Assets. They only give you the information that they want in order to garner your trust, right? And that's fine. You embrace them. He knew he was a traitor because it all comes full circle back to Shadowgate, as you can see. And I wasn't even a target until they realized Bergie was their person, right? That's why they didn't talk about him, right? He's their person. He's their person. Again, he's their person. It's all a show. We brought up the things weren't true, what they said on air about Roger Stone working with General Jones and all this stuff. I tried to respond to them and they just acted like I was crazy. I know he has some you know, involvement. The Stone goes around and works with all these groups. We shall
The only way to wake up the population is to shatter the illusion. Now, as I said, I've manifested out of necessity. Almost like Santa Claus. The necessity to keep children pacified and get them on good lists and bad lists, right? People like me don't exist. Because it's better to tuck into bed thinking that there aren't people like me around. Or I guess it would be hard in this construct to think that it's so deep and dark. This trailer is a summary. Let it percolate. Anything else being told thus far about J6 is very far from the truth. People like me don't exist. Could you imagine if someone like Santa Claus came and told you everything? Would you believe him? Absolutely not. But like Santa, I've compiled a naughty and nice list ever since I got to drop an eyelash on those passports in 2008. Everyone had the time for redemption. The exit ramps are closed. Well, my list is more like the blacklist. Why the delay on the documentary? Well, we needed more footage of lies. The cover-up is bigger than the crime. Remember, Manafort, Gates, and Stone worked together in Four Nations, but only one person didn't go to jail. Now it's time to deliver some coal. K-O-L. My gift to all of you this Christmas is true. Naughty and Liceless is almost complete, and those in orbit, dark to light, of Chiliad. Thank you, McAfee, for including Epstein. So you see this person? That person supposedly committed suicide. The guy that gave Nick Fuentes all this money supposedly committed suicide or he was whacked. But one thing that I made mention while we all talk about Pegasus spyware, right? Ghislaine Maxwell and her sister actually created something identical. And what's important to understand is, is that they were all spying and they were all competing for having a one-up on it. And what's interesting is that no one's paying attention to the silent thing in the room. We should all be asking the question, why did Bill Barr cut a deal with Wexner? In fact, that's something that I definitely will explore. Because I think even though the government may have done a deal, if that government doesn't represent the interests of the people, there is no deal. And once people realize that power, it's uh, game over. This guy got whacked, I guess. But thanks to McAfee, Chiliad was a wide open door, allowing the piggyback. Epstein, JLB, BHOHBO, all circling the man. Willing to fight for us until the premiere. Let this trailer percolate. And see, you light a match and out of proximity, you burn everyone else. Well, President Trump is made of Teflon. Proximity will not annihilate him. It will annihilate the perpetrators, though. And that's how the cookie crumbles, as they say. It's all done. So before we get into that, Let's watch a nice informational video. 
Grown folks who lie and then get mad when you catch them in their lie. Play all these reverse psychology games trying to flip the situation because they feel some type of way that you done found out that they's a liar. You got pathological liars, habitual liars, liar liars. They lie about small things. They lie about big things. They lie about everything. And then when they get caught, they try to make it like you the problem. Kids lie when they scared. Kids lie to try to manipulate you because kids don't know no better. Grown folks is out here lying to other grown folks when they don't have to be lying. Just go and keep it real. Go and keep it real. What's up with these liars out here? That, that's all I want to know. Huh. There's a quote usually attributed to the writer Mark Twain that goes, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its shoes. Funny thing about that, there's reason to doubt that Mark Twain ever said this at all, thus ironically proving the point. And today the quote, whoever said it, is truer than ever before. In previous decades, most media with global reach consisted of several major newspapers and networks which had the resources to gather information directly. Outlets like Reuters and the Associated Press that aggregate or re-report stories were relatively rare compared to today. The speed with which information spreads now has created the ideal conditions for a phenomenon known as circular reporting. This is when Publication A publishes misinformation, Publication B reprints it, and Publication A then cites B as the source for the information. It's also considered a form of circular reporting when multiple publications report on the same initial piece of false information, which then appears to another author as having been verified by multiple sources. For instance, the 1998 publication of a single pseudoscientific paper arguing that routine vaccination of children causes autism inspired an entire anti-vaccination movement, despite the fact that the original paper has repeatedly been discredited by the scientific community. Deliberately unvaccinated children are now contracting contagious diseases that had been virtually eradicated in the United States, with some infections proving fatal. In a slightly less dire example, satirical articles that are formatted to resemble real ones can also be picked up by outlets not in on the joke. For example, a joke article in the reputable British Medical Journal entitled Energy Expenditure in Adolescents Playing New Generation Computer Games has been referenced in serious science publications over 400 times. User-generated content such as wikis are also a common contributor to circular reporting. As more writers come to rely on such pages for quick information, an unverified fact in a wiki page can make its way into a published article that may later be added as a citation for the very same wiki information, making it much harder to debunk. Recent advances in communication technology have had immeasurable benefits in breaking down the barriers between information and people. But our desire for quick answers may overpower the desire to be certain of their validity. And when this bias can be multiplied by billions of people around the world nearly instantaneously, more caution is in order. Avoiding sensationalist media 
searching for criticisms of suspicious information, and tracing the original source of a report can help slow down a lie, giving the truth more time to put on its shoes. The truth needs shoes? <sighs> Lies need sneakers. The truth is barefoot and only the light of truth lights its path. Now, what have I said about documentaries? When people have documentaries or movies done of them, especially when they come from networks by Barack Hussein Obama, HBO, BHO, you know that? It's usually because they want history to remember them a certain way. It's the game. He has fun with it. And he's very good at it. I'm an agent provocateur. Political strategist. Controversial as you can get. An incredible capacity for treachery. Win at all cost mentality. When people think of Washington corruption, they think of Roger Stone. Those who say I have no soul, those who say I have no principles, are losers. Those are bitter losers. There's really nobody quite like Roger Stone. The Nixon tattoo is really all you need to know about Roger. We really pioneered negative campaign advertising. He created the modern sleazeball lobbyist. Washington's been worse for it ever since. Stone's rule, it is better to be infamous than never be famous at all. The swinger scandal happened. My private life is nobody's business. He got chased out of Washington. He's looking to see if he can find an angle. I was like a jockey looking for a horse. You can't win the race if you don't have a horse. saw something that nobody else saw back in the early 80s. I suggested that Trump should explore a bid for the presidency. He created Donald Trump as a political figure. What have I lied about? Have you spoken with the WikiLeaks founder? You're a rape tonight. Roger, you can't just say that. You have to be outrageous to get noticed. America may be collapsing, but Roger Stone is determined to enjoy it. I revel in your hatred, because if I weren't effective, you wouldn't hate me. When Netflix does a whole documentary to tell the world how awesome at being a sleazebag you are, what does that tell you? You see, this is it. This is exactly it. People don't pay attention. Deception. That's what it is. It's simply deception. Deception, deception, deception. We should be radical. How much you want to make a bet that Baked Alaska and Jack Posobiec doing the whole rape Melania thing was Roger Stone's idea, probably, or they were trying to emulate because at that point, Jack Posobiec was a thirsty asset trying to get an in on the in. It's just lies. Sweet little lies, you know, that they all say you know, and what can you say on that? I mean, you can see it for yourself. He got a Barack Hussein Obama sponsored company to do a documentary about him and he didn't go to jail and he was going to exit by helping them make it a mockery. Now he may have sold the idea, let's create chaos and wake people up like that. Well, that could be it. And for that, maybe we can say thanks.
but no thanks for what you did to the president. No thanks for what you did. The fact that you're using, using pedos, again, and child predators, right? Even Nick Fuentes admitted that he knew Milo Yiannopoulos called Ali Akbar out on Infowars saying he likes young boys. That's pretty much it you need to know on values. I don't hate Roger Stone. I actually pity him because he could have been an amazing force to be reckoned with. He didn't have to go that route. But I guess he, he did because that's all he could do, right? His 15 minutes of fame, get a documentary so people remember him like that. It's pretty sad. On that note, Merry Christmas to all celebrating today. God bless. See you on Monday.